growing your business? Are you developing trust with your clients? We answer those and more today with my guest, Rich Perry. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and business. And I am so excited to have our guest today, uh, Rich Perry. Thank you for being here, Rich. Hey, Shay. Thank you for the invitation to be on your show. And well, thank you. I can't believe it's just been, you know, gosh, I think it was in the beginning of the year in January, we actually met in person at PodFest. At PodFest in Florida. Which is just such a fun event. And I've met so many amazing people through that, through that, uh, the, the well, any podcast conference, really. I think podcasters are just the best people ever. Absolutely. And it's, I, I've only been to PodFest, um, but as you know, they always talk about community and inclusion and welcoming people. So you kind of know that everyone that you meet there is, is, is awesome. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So for those of you who don't know, Rich Perry is a business communication and marketing specialist. He helps you build the brand your customers will trust, tell your friends about and support for years to come. He is also a co-author of Bankroll Your Mind and a contributing author in three books focusing on personal development. He has written for Entrepreneur and other respected online publications. Also, he is the host of the 10-Minute Mentor with Rich Perry podcast. And you can find out more on his website at richperry.com. And we, of course, will have that in the show notes. So Rich, I'm just going to dive in and I always like to start with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? For me, I mean, it means giving people the tools, the resources, the trust that they need to really flourish, to grow, to give them what they need to step up, be the best version of themselves, uh, to empower themselves, to get out there and, and do more. Well, you mentioned trust and, you know, that is such a, oh, a huge word, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it can be, I mean, for, for just a short, short word, it's, it has a huge weight to it. <laughs> right. And uh, so I'm just thinking about how oftentimes we will have like instant messages on, um, you know, social media that immediately people are pitching to you. So is that the right way to create trust or is there a better way? It's not a way that, I encourage because <laughs> I mean, I'm it not never works here. for me. That's for right. sure. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say it's uh, there's a right way or there's a wrong way. But for me, I'm all about building relationships. And, and, and that goes in the personal world too, in, in all areas of life. I mean, it's it, far outside of just business relationships. It's getting that common ground and building that mutual relationship that you know and I know that I have your best interest in mind. And also I know that you have my best interest in mind, right? Um as you said, Shay, we all get those those DMs on LinkedIn and Instagram and stuff like that, or you know, the spammers. Mm -hmm. Oh, let me tell you how I can blah 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 blah. And it's like, <laughs> dude, did you come on? You know what I'm right. saying? Um delete. So 
You know, I've kind of came up with a response that I've like cut, uh, copied and pasted and saved to uh, use. And I always start off with it is because I've had many women who some whatever multi-level marketing they're part of, they trained them to reach out cold call, reach out and be like, hey, it's so great to connect with you. Let me tell you about me and what I do and who I am. And it goes all about their personal life. And then it says, I have a great opportunity I would love to share with you, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, geez, here we go. So I just have this this thing that says, you know, I don't know who taught you that this is an okay to market yourself, but please feel free to forward my name along because I would love to teach a class for all of you on how best to build a relationship with your clientele. Very good, very good. And did they did they take you did they take you up on the offer? Or... I, honestly, I have been blocked and deleted so many times, and I'm like, good, you did it for me. I didn't have to do it. One of, and I, I'm sure this is going like in a different direction now, but one of the weirdest ones I ever got was someone hit me up and was like, hey, I know you went to King's College and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that was your segue? Like just finding <laughs> out where I went to college? Like how is that going to build a relationship when I clearly know that you didn't go to my school? So mm. how is that? Yeah. So I got nothing. Well, it's just, I think in today's world of uh, social media, we have so much access to so many Mm -hmm. people. You just think that, you know, you can do that. And, you know, I even paid for at one point. And so if you got one of those messages uh, in the audience, please forgive me. Uh, But I even paid to have someone do the automated messaging on LinkedIn. Mm. And while I enjoyed that, it was like a foot in the door. Then it's like, it leaves it up to you to, to me to keep building that relationship. I don't like it where they keep sending the message. And I've gotten plenty of those, especially on LinkedIn, where they're like, are you still there? Did I make you mad? I'm like, oh my, stop. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or or the worst, I mean, because we are talking about building trust and relationships and growing business. Right. When I've connected with someone on multiple channels, and they send me the same messages and and it <laughs> it leads me to believe that they're not connecting the dots that I'm the same bald-headed beauty that you just connected on Instagram you sent me the same message on LinkedIn now you're sending it to me on Instagram like instead of saying like the same carbon copy cut and paste pitch like Hey, Rich, I've connected with you on LinkedIn. You haven't responded. I'm reaching out to you on Instagram. And maybe that's your preferred channel. Just want to open up the, you know, the the communication highway or something like that. But it's like the same. And it's like, dude, are you even trying? Do you really even care about building a relationship? Or should I just delete you from both channels now, both platforms mm. now? So yeah. Some well, now- people just aren't trying to build those relationships. And it, and it shows that those aren't the individuals that are interested in building a relationship. It's just, how can you get me into the business bed, you know? So. Well, now we talked about a million ways of what not to do, <laughs> uh, which I think you have to know. I mean, I really do. I think you have to know what not to do as, as well as what to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, was there a time that you realized that um, you weren't getting that trust 
mm-hmm. in your business and you're like, okay, I need to take a step back and really figure out what this looks like, what building relationships look like rather than just being, you know, constantly salesy all the time. So here's a story I wanted to tell you because I actually wrote a blog article about it. Um, it kind of gets to the heart of what you're talking about. So me as an individual, I've always been that person that wanted to build relationships, right? Uh, Building trust. I've always been wanting to do good for other people. I was a boy scout. So that, you know, just throws (laughs) it it all right there, right? (laughs) Says it all right there. Eagle scout the whole way. Um, And I wrote this article on, I, I wrote this article about, when I first joined LinkedIn, uh, like 10 years ago, um, and I didn't know anything about LinkedIn. And this was a time when I was the first one of my friends to be on LinkedIn. You know, Mm -hmm. we were on Facebook, we were on, uh, all those other things. Um, but this is when LinkedIn was really just kind of picking up, you know, it just started a few years prior, and none of my friends were on it. So I didn't know anything about it other than people that were older than me said, hey, you should be on LinkedIn. Okay. So I'm on LinkedIn. I'm asking my friends, how do you use this platform? They didn't know. So I started to just pick up what other people were doing. And I was Mm -hmm. watching how other people were acting and interacting and how they were messaging me And I picked up some really bad habits in the Mm. beginning because I was getting bombarded with those pitches. And I'm like, Mm. wow, this feels weird, but this seems to be like what everyone is doing. I'm like, maybe that's just how you operate on LinkedIn. I'm not used to that. So I started doing that and I just felt like sleazier and sleazier (laughs) and sleazier and it took some time before I'm like, okay, this is maybe not the best way because I feel dirty when I receive these messages. Mm-hmm. Now I'm doing it the same way, but I have no other frame of reference. Luckily, I kind of just had that heart to heart with myself. And I didn't, and I ended up finding like better people to model. And I'm like, oh, okay. Obviously, I was following the bad crowd. I was, I, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I think that's my that also might be a part of it. It's just people don't understand how to build relationships in the digital world, you know? And what I always tell people is treat digital the same way that you interact with people in real life. If you go to a networking event, you're probably going to walk up to, or a conference like PodFest, mm-hmm. you're probably going to walk up to someone and very friendly walk up. Hey, how you doing? My name's Rich. Nice to meet you. Blah, blah, blah. Shake their hand. Uh, What do you do? Right? You have a conversation and you're building it on substance and you're really trying to get to know the person. But then all of a sudden, like we're in the digital world and we're behind our keyboard and behind our screen. And I think we forget how to act and, (laughs) and treat people. Um, And that's just something that I saw back then. I, I was a, I fell victim of it. You know what I'm saying? And I realized, hey, how I act in real life should be the same way that I act in the digital universe. Um, So that's something that I tell people and I, you know, talk about it on my uh, podcast and in my blogging and things like that. 
So treat the digital world as an extension of how you act in real life. And you're going to get a lot further. I think that's such great advice because oftentimes we're looking uh, when we're trying to connect, it depends on what your, your motives or your, your intentions are. Right. Cause I know at some point, some, uh, sometimes I have reached out to people and it, I, it sounds salesy, but I'm like, I am so not salesy. Like, that's not what I'm doing. I'm just interested in connecting with you. But I love what you said about, you know, what crowd you're following. What is it that you're paying attention to, right? Because that's what really grows. So if you're focusing on people who do business a certain way and mm-hmm. you're just copying them, then you might, and it's not getting you any results, then it's got to take, you got to take the steps back to observe and go, okay, what is it that I need to do different? And there's nothing wrong with surrounding yourself with different people or new people or mm-hmm. learning other techniques. I, I often find when, um, and I'm not uh, anti, you know, multi-level marketing or anything like that, but oftentimes they kind of follow the same way of doing business. It's like, whoa, hold on now. I don't know what expert told you this worked (laughs) Mm -hmm. expert quote unquote, but it's not working. So how can we step that back and go, okay, let's, let's talk about that. And uh, I don't, won't even, that's a whole nother show about multi-level marketing. (laughs) We won't go down that route. But uh, for me, it's really about, you know, like you said, building that relationship. And I love that you said, what would you say to that person in person? So you might just DM them with, hey, how you doing? I saw that you went to King's College. I did too. Not the, oh, I just <laughs> saw that you did something great. Right. Uh, tell me more about that. No, like, how about tell me about your business? You know, Absolutely. I, I'm a firm believer in um um, Bob Berg's, I think it's Bob Berg, Bob Berg's book, The Go-Giver, Give, Give, Give. So, you know, mm-hmm. t- find out more about them. Absolutely. And one way that I've consistently done that and how I really try to build those relationships in the digital world is on LinkedIn, I will always, always, always send a personalized message and it's, you know, it's it's very basic, like, hey, Shay, I found you here on LinkedIn. I think there might be some common interest. And I think we can add value to each other's network. Love to connect with you, you know, just just basic, you know, and then I always send a follow up message. And it's not a sales pitch. It's just, hey, it, it's again, it's almost like I'm meeting you in real life. It's, mm-hmm. hey, how are you doing? Nice to meet you. <laughs> Thanks for talking with me today at this networking event. I look forward to seeing you again. And so the the response is always, thank you for connecting with me. I look forward to following your work here on LinkedIn and reach out if I can be of assistance. Have a great day. And, and that's it. And you'd be surprised how many people are more, more receptive to just a genuine connection message that is free of nonsense and pitches and let's get on a call for a virtual coffee so I can sell you the newest gizmo and gadget. And it's just like, hey, I'm a person, you're a person, mutual interests, let's connect and see where this goes. You know, I look forward to following your content. If you're a blogger, I'll read your stuff. Um, That's it. Well, you know, you, you mentioned something that uh, I think is really interesting is that you basically said, if I can be in of assistance, reach mm-hmm. out rather than this is what I could do for you. 
Right. Yeah. Because how do I know what I can do for them? Exactly. <laughs> you know I'm saying like, how do I know? I, I'm just meeting you. That's like me walking up to you on the street and saying, I can tell you how to do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, dude, you know nothing about me. So how do you know that you can assist me with X, Y, and Z? Um, people are assuming that what they have is the exact thing that the person wants. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. you don't walk into the doctor's office and get medicine. He's got to diagnose you first. Right. <laughs> you know, like he's got to see what's going on before he just prescribes something. So why would I try and offer a prescription before I've diagnosed the issue? Maybe you're not even have, maybe you're not sick. So you don't need what I have. You know, I'm not the doctor for you. How did all of this go? I'm not a doctor. <laughs> You're not a doctor. You just play one on TV, right? <laughs> How did this all this come about for you? Like, were you always like, I you got out of high school, you went to college, you're like, I'm going to own a business and I'm going to work on helping others build trust? Or did something else happen first? No, uh, I went to school for psych psychology and <laughs> okay. I left uh, undergrad Um and I got a uh, job as a therapist. So I was working with kids for, and I think you and I talked about this briefly yeah. off, off camera the other day. So I spent a large portion of my professional life as a therapist. Mm -hmm. Now, at the same time, I was always kind of like uh, doing marketing things on the side. You know, I did college radio that got me into record promotions that got me into event promotions that got me into like hosting festivals and things like that. But that was always like on the side. Um, and then it wasn't until I really just got disheartened with the mental health field mm -hmm. that I started to consider different options. Uh, you and I have that common bond of NLP. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't until I had an emotional breakdown, right? I had a, I was in a dark place in life that I ended up going through NLP training and then thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe I can use these skills in a different area of life. Um, so that's when I started. It was more, I guess you might say, like empowerment coaching or like life coaching, things like that. And it wasn't until I started really taking a deep dive into communications and and marketing for myself and then I started like teaching people these things that I'm like hey you know what like maybe that's what I should be doing instead because I really love it and I can still empower people and inspire them but kind of just through a different channel you might say so it's all the same skills that we learned it's all the same uh, ways of relating to people but we're kind of just doing it in a different way so I feel that it's still in alignment. It's just a different way of going about it and working with people. I love your story because I just think when I hear it is how we're speaking about trust, how you actually learn to trust yourself mm -hmm. and then able to like go into a different direction, a different field. Cause you were already doing it, but you were like, okay, instead of having the quote unquote corporate nine to five, you were like, okay, I trust myself in starting this uh, business and knowing that this is the, the route to go. This is one of the reasons why I wanted you on the show, because I think uh, oftentimes our audience is going through something that, you know, they might be working at a nine to five going, okay, I know there's got to be something more. Maybe they have a side hustle already, or maybe they're thinking entrepreneurship or they're in the military transitioning out and going in back into civilian life. And there's this, all this like mm -hmm. 
sometimes we go through life uh, looking for someone else to give us the answer when what we have to do um, is then we get to that overwhelm, that breakdown, like you said, and you, we get to that point where you're like, wow, what if I just look within and trust that the answer is already there mm-hmm. and know that the path that I choose is going to be a great direction no matter what, because I'm going to learn, I'm going to grow and it'll take me to wherever I need to go. And and full disclosure, the first time I attempted this, uh, this grand idea of, of entrepreneurship, like I failed miserably and I thrown that out there, you know, and that's actually one of the reasons why I decided to go back for my MBA was because I have all these people skills, the things that I learned in psychology and, and working mm-hmm. as a therapist for so many years. Um, I knew there was a lot of things relating to business and running a business and, and being successful in that area that, I just didn't have, I was ignorant of because I hadn't ever done it before. I didn't need to have to do that um, as a therapist. Uh, and that was why I went back for my MBA and I'm, I'm, I'm in school for my MBA and I'll be graduating in November. Um, and as I told you off camera, I was doing homework this morning, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, so viewers and listeners, if you don't know something, go to those trainings, you know, make sure that you are, investing in yourself to get the tools, the resources, the training, uh, the information that you need to level up your your own ability. This is why we're friends, number one. (laughs) And number two, this is why I started this podcast, because oftentimes we look at um, successful people as, oh, it was just an overnight thing and there's, it was easy for them, blah, blah, blah. And we don't hear the obstacles that they had to overcome in order to invest, to get to that point where they're like, you know what, I have to invest in myself first, whether that's mm-hmm. schooling, maybe learning another skill, really figuring it out, maybe hiring a coach. And then that propels us into that different direction. And whether you fail or you learn, right? Cause it's more than likely you're going to learn from it, but you fall on your face is what I say, or you learn, mm-hmm. you look, might look foolish, but at the same time you're learning valuable lessons Mm -hmm. so that you can move forward in the direction that you want to go or you're on the journey and another door that you hadn't even thought about opens and you're like oh maybe I need to go in there and explore what's going on in there absolutely absolutely uh couldn't have said it better so (laughs) folks (laughs) invest in yourselves (laughs) don't give up keep pushing forward and uh as we say in NLP, right? There's no failure. There's only feedback. So you're just gaining more information and more experience that's going to make you stronger uh, to keep going forward. Well, I love that you, thank you for that. And I love that you started off with psychology. So how do you think psychology plays into business? I mean, it, just relating to people, just understanding them. I think every entrepreneur should take some form of psychology class, some form of human behavior uh, training or whatever to understand how to relate to people, how to speak with them, how to communicate with them, how to understand why we think certain things, why we do certain things. Um, The underlying reasons of 
boom, boom, boom. So just from learning, just knowing how to communicate with your employees or the fellow execs team or the, the other leaders or how to get on a client call and probe them in a delicate way, respecting the problems that they're going through and just being that person that's going to say, hey, I care about you. You're my clients. Let me help you find those underlying issues and then we can work together to resolve them. Um, but I mean, just knowing how to relate to people uh, and, and relating to people in a genuine way and mm. being compassionate and, and understanding of what it is that they're going, empathy, having empathy yeah. for others in the struggle, because maybe you have struggled and they're going through it now. So remembering what it was like um, is, is, is big. And I think that having a psych uh having an understanding of psychology and and people is important in in all areas of life especially with business as we're as we're developing professional relationships we need to understand people mm. I, I completely agree with you 100% especially the empathy part i think oftentimes as leaders they think empathy is more of a weakness rather than a skill set so is there any advice that you would give that is someone as a leader is thinking about, okay, well, I need to really focus on my empathy muscle. Is there any advice you would give to help them along the way with that? <laughs> Learn how to listen and, okay. and listen to your employees, not to counter it with what you're going to say next, but really try and understand where they are in that place and time and, and put yourself in their shoes, you know, try and see the world from their perspective, because chances are your perspective as the leader is going to be different than the perspective of the subordinate, the per the entry level person, or you know, the middle manager, or um, you know, the person who's trying to level up, but maybe doesn't know how. So you're the leader. People are looking to you for advice. Try and see the world from their perspective before giving that advice. And then once you see it from there, from that lens, then maybe you can understand the advice that you need to give um the advice that they need to hear in that point in time and it's without having that understanding you're not going to be able to give them what they need then which is why i asked this question because i think oftentimes um you know leaders are like well i am who i am right and then they're like i am already thinking about the million things that are on my plate mm -hmm. when someone comes to me to talk to me rather than being able to listen, like you said, and be present, because oftentimes the issue is resolved when the person that has the the challenge just knows that they're being heard, mm -hmm. that someone's understanding them. Um, I know from my uh, study in uh, mediation and nonviolent communication, it's really about focusing on the just repeat. Sometimes you may just have to repeat what it is that they said so that they understand that you understand. <laughs> right. One thing that I try and always do, and I, I know that I got it from my role as a therapist in exactly what you said, I will always repeat. I'll say, so if I'm hearing you correctly, 
and I say it back to them to make sure that I've actually understood what it was that they were trying to say. And then if not, then I need to, okay, well, okay, help me understand because I misunderstood what you were saying. And that I do love that. I'm glad you pointed that out. And that's something that I got from therapy and I constantly do it. I'll constantly say, so if I'm hearing you correctly, boom, 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 boom. So absolutely. I agree with you. Well, and then it sounds like too, the, one of the things that I know you did as a therapist, but a lot of times leaders forget to do is to then ask that clarifying question to follow up. Like, mm -hmm. tell me more about that thing, that one thing. And um, again, I've just have seen so many leaders who just have uh, the lack in this area. So it's like, no, no, you're, it's not that you're not, your, your team is subordinate. It's that you're not listening to them. And they're like, oh, I'm listening. I'm like, no, no. you're listening to what you think they're saying, but you're right. not really even repeating what they're saying to understand. Ask them another question. Right. The power, the power of ask is like mind blowing um, the things that you unfold and uncover when you ask people questions. In addition to that, I think, and I think this is kind of what you're going for. Um, they hear versus listen, right? They heard yes. the sounds that came out. They heard <laughs> yeah. words. Um, they didn't necessarily comprehend and listen to the intention and meaning behind the words you know, and my mother used to say that to me all the time. She said, she would say, tell me what I just told you. And I'd repeat it back to yeah. her. But then she would say, no, you heard me, but you didn't listen to what I was saying mm. because I could, I could recite the words back, but I had no comprehension of why she was even saying it, you know? Gotcha. And I think that's, that's how I took what you were saying, Shay, yeah. is that they're, they're listening, they're hearing the sounds, but not necessarily comprehending the grievance or the concern yes. that the person is is trying to communicate absolutely absolutely thank you for clarifying for that for me <laughs> i'm just making sure that i understood you no i love it i love it uh so you've written at least three books is that what it sounds like yeah i've been a contributing author to multiple books like jvs and things like that that's kind of how i got my start um, being in a JV, a joint venture book where mm -hmm. I contributed one chapter and there were other authors that contributed, you know, so there was, yep. you know, 10 of us or 20 of us, whatever. Um, and then bankroll your mind. That was Lawrence and myself, Lawrence Pipkin. He's my business partner. Um, we worked together. We met at NLP a long time ago, okay. galaxy far, far away. <laughs> um, and then I'm currently working on another book that would, that, is going to focus more on marketing and communications for small to medium-sized businesses. Nice. Nice. Have you always been interested in writing or was it something that just kind of came to you one day and you're like, Oh, why not? Right. Right. I book? started writing music reviews back ah. when I was in college for uh, a, a local website in Philly. Right. It was, a, uh -huh. it was a hip hop website and I would do like the newest album releases. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, so from there, I was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a better writer than my English teacher told me in high school. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Yes. So there, you know, kind of dibble dabbling in, in writing. Um, it wasn't until I started 
it wasn't until I came back from NLP training that I was like, oh, you know, I need to be able to share my expertise somehow. How do you do that? And then someone was like, oh, why don't you start a blog? So ah. I got a blogger and I started blogging. Yep. And <laughs> from, right. How yep. awesome that was. Yep. Um, from there, that's when I started looking at writing as good way to share information um you know expertise tips and all that stuff and that's kind of how i got my start in in writing and then i was um a few years ago i had the opportunity to join this jv and that was the first time that i was in a book so i was like oh wow this is actually pretty cool like maybe i could do this you know mm -hmm. uh so from there then it was like you know a few other co-authoring opportunities and different JVs. And then that's when Lawrence and I decided, Hey, you know what? Let's write a book ourselves. And that was bankroll your mind. That's awesome. I mean, for me, that's, I love the the joint ventures of the co-authoring book. That's why I started Firestarters book project for that reason. Uh, there's just something about being able to connect with the other authors and, and really building, expanding your network, but building like this close connection with uh, other people. Absolutely. And, and I'm sure this is part of, I, I would assume it's part of your marketing, um, you know, the, the, your marketing approach is JVs are great for first time authors because yes. writing a book on your own is a daunting task. Yes, it's it a daunting is. task for people that have done it before, mm -hmm. but if you're just trying to wade into those waters, a JV is a nice way to kind of understand the process of letting your ideas flow out and putting them on a page and then looking at them days later and having other people read it and critique it. <laughs> um, and you're only responsible for a chapter, which is usually, you know, a, a thousand to a 3000 words or something like, like that. Yeah. And it's, it's a much easier way of getting into the world of being an author than it is to sit down and say, I'm going to write a, you know, 20,000 or 30,000 uh, word book and just sitting there blankly looking at the screen all day. Agreed. 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 I have to, that is definitely one of the marketing tools that we use is for that writing your whole book is so overwhelming. And I was, uh, believe me, I'm not bragging by any means. I was lucky and blessed enough that the first book I wrote was in one sitting and it's not a very big book, but so, but I was lucky that in that regards coming to write a whole book is like so much work. And that's why it's so great to be able to just contribute your story and mm -hmm. like you saw, just a short amount of words, because then it, it, you really are impacting such a wider audience. And I believe books are our legacy, you mm -hmm. know, blogs and websites and not that there's anything wrong with that. Those are great tools, too. They'll come and go. Mm -hmm. But our podcasts, our, our books, those things will live on forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, building your thought leadership platform. Uh, it's a great marketing tool. Um, it's different for us because we've done it. You know what I'm saying? But I remember I had a friend and this is a couple years ago and she was like, Rich, I've never met an author before. 
and and you're like wow like because you and i were content creators you know we we make Mm -hmm. podcasts we shoot videos we write blah 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 so for us it's like all of my friends do this right (laughs) but for there's a lot of people out there that don't know an author and so just being one is it's cool you know my words they're on paper the things that we used to read in high school every day and we had to do book reports now i'm one of those people you know so it's 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 a cool feeling well and don't you think too it's it's kind of a door opener for for people right like you can be like oh well you know i want to check out my book or here here's my book for you know thanks for meeting with me today it's a door opener that sometimes people will be like, oh, you're just a coach, but this other person is a coach, an author, a podcaster, like all the things. So I love that you, uh, yeah, I love that you're shaking your head agreeing with me on that. Absolutely, be- right, because it's it's nothing for me to say I'm an expert in, right? I, I'm an expert in blah, 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 right? But for me to say, here's my book, it's like, wow, this guy really is an expert in something because it's a it's a book. You know what I'm saying? Like it just has that air of authority. Mm-hmm. So which comes first, the chicken or the egg or the podcast or the book? <laughs> when did you start the podcast then? So the first ever time was, like I said, I got involved in college radio. So yeah. I've always had that interest in podcasting because I did college radio, mm-hmm. but that was before podcasts. Sure. But through the book, the, the change uh, it was a uh, a self-development and uh, empowerment series. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a podcast for the co-authors. So I ended up getting involved in that. And that was like my first dip into the world of podcasting, which was hosting this podcast just for the authors, giving the authors another platform to share their message with with the world you know what i'm saying um and then after that i was like hey you know what like maybe i'll do one for myself mm-hmm. however i want to deliver it in like bite-sized bits you know what i'm saying yeah. because i like micro learnings mm-hmm. and i'm like oh maybe i'll do one like in 10 minutes or less and all the information that i can give in like short uh mini coaching sessions you know what i'm saying and that's kind of like how 10 minute mentor was born because you're busy. I'm busy. Sometimes we don't have the time to listen to a full podcast. Sometimes we do. And when we do, we can invest that time in a full length podcast. But sometimes we're like running to the store real quick. You you know, you're doing chores around the house and you're like, all right, I've got like 10 minutes to do this. I got 15 minutes. Like, what can I, how can I be productive in that time what can i learn in that span i don't want to start this and then not finish it so what am i going to do so i'm like i'm going to cater to those people the busy Mm. people um and just give bite-sized bits you know so that was 10 minute mentor well i love that and i love that you started in radio so um way back when when you had a tape cassette recorder when you had to push play and record at the same time (laughs) I had a a microphone and I I was at my grandma's my grandma had this we didn't have this but my grandma had this I would um you know be like the radio show of talk radio would be like caller you're on the air and 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 then I'd pretend to be the person with the problem and then I'd be the 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 on hair on air personality that would be like oh you should do blah 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 kind of like dear Abby type of thing um but it wasn't until 
honestly, I was dating this guy who had a podcast and I was like, well, what do you do? And he's like, I, well, me and my friends just sit around and talk about movies. And I was like, well, that sounds stupid. <laughs> so, but it, in all honesty, it probably is. But um, it was, but what was it, what he was doing that was fascinating to me? It was the fact that he was doing a podcast that was fascinating to me. Um, and then I ended up going to a local community college and taking a class on podcasting and just really dived in and learned all I could about it. And, you know, for and a half years later, over 200 episodes, here we are. So, Very you cool. know, yeah, it's been just so much fun to be able to create this and meet the amazing people that I get to meet, like uh, like you and other podcasters. So it's fantastic. Absolutely. So, uh, gosh, we time is flying by, Rich. I cannot <laughs> believe how much time has gone by so fast already. So and we've uh, covered, like, a lot of ground. <laughs> like, it, it was... <laughs> You know, welcome to my world. <laughs> That's what we do. We bring them in and give them all kinds of information. So I know that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll wrap up here in a minute, but I just have a few more questions. So with all the amazing things that you have done as, you know, a psychologist working with children on to, you know, having your books and your publications and blogging and podcasts, what do you want to be remembered for? What would be your legacy? Wow. Um, I, I just want to like, it's, it's simple, but I, I really want to just help as many people as possible. I, I like, whether it's in, whether it's through like coaching or, um, community work or just being active in the local, uh, like the business scene or like with different nonprofits that I'm involved with is just being that person that people are like, yo, that guy made a difference. And mm. At this point in time, like I'm not saying, oh, I need to blah, blah. It's just those are the people that impacted me is just having those fond memories of that person that really made a difference for others. Um, and I've always said that's that's what I want to do. I want people to remember me and just have a warm thought of, wow, that Rich Perry guy. I'm glad I met him, you know? Hmm. Well, I have to say you're living that right now, um, just by knowing you and then being able to watch your content unfold on Facebook and LinkedIn and everything else. So you are living that. I appreciate that. Yeah. How can people connect with you? We mentioned your website earlier. Is there other social media stuff? On all the cool social media platforms. <laughs> like threads, uh, the new one, <laughs> threads, right? Right, right. <laughs> uh, so richperry.com is my website and then coach rich perry on the cool social media channels gotcha cool <laughs> cool social media channels okay great uh and i like to finish up with um what phrase scripture or mantra are you living by right now lead by example through excellence mm. and you are leading by example through excellence so thank you for that thank you and well, thank you for being here. This has been such a joy to have you. I appreciate it. And, and thank you for the invitation. And folks, good quality conversation here. So rewind it, take some notes and use it in life and, and just be awesome. Mm, I love that. I always say that. Take notes, take notes. Unless you're driving, then don't. So, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to the Power of Investing in People podcast. And like you said, like if, if 
Rich said, if you were taking notes, leave us a review. Let us know what you like, what your takeaway was. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, or you can go over to the website of ShaySparksPodcast.com. And if the uh, JV joint venture of a co-author book piqued your interest, go to FirestartersBookProject.com and learn more. And until next time, let's get fired up. Bye.